0: I want it. I need it Just give me it
1: erotic
0: nonsense Want that They want that I need that I really need that Just give me that Please give them that erotic nonsense erotic nonsense
1: welcome to erotic nonsense the podcast where two friends dive into the world of romance literature in order to find each other's and your next great lay i mean read
0: (laughs) we'll explore it all classic bodice ripping historical romance
1: provocative political thrillers sexy sci-fi and everything in between Every week, we'll each cover one story, no spoilers, we'll share our favorite moments, which of your favorite tropes to expect, and rate its readability, how hot it is, and how romantic it is.
0: We'll let you know if a book passes the vibe check, share any content warnings to watch out for, and most importantly, is it even good? I'm Lauren. And I'm Kendra. Now let the erotic nonsense begin.
1: How's it going? Uh, it's it's going good. I, yeah, I have been like super busy with work actually the last like week and a half, which is kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's normal, and so I'm very excited to like do this not work thing yes, now. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Um, how are you doing? Good, good. Um, I think I it's
0: been a a little while since we we've, we've recorded, mm-hmm. but since then I've had a lovely, luxurious vacation and, uh, kind of a slow burn, get back into work, which has been nice. So it's nice to
1: ease in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got to take another trip. We did a trip together. Yes, of course. (laughs) I almost forgot about that. Um, We had a very fun girls trip, um, that I think Emily, our friend Emily put it best when she said, apocalypse vacation. Because <laughs> it was like. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. The pandemic is raging ultra hard. And then it was so smoky. Smoky. Yes. From the forest fires. Yes. And that the like morning that we were, me and Emily and our other friend Maria were headed out to do our float, mm-hmm. it, like just as we headed east and like north, it just was getting like so bad. Yeah. Those that pictures were
0: crazy. It, what,
1: it was like. Be Like, waking up on a, like, super socked in foggy morning.
0: But it wasn't fog. But it was smoke. <laughs> and we're like,
1: this is yeah. so fun. <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I was, like, sitting at the house and, like, looking out over the river and, like, Trying to relax, but like that orangey wildfire glow is yeah. just so unsettling. Yes. It's like, yeah, it was just like well, <laughs> giving me anxiety It like, it's like
1: weirdly beautiful. I remember yes. like the first time we, I really registered um that we were having like smoke from forest fires like right. five years ago, it's, and I was like, wow, the sunrise is so beautiful. It is, yeah, because <laughs> then nice an like, orange. But... Oh, our planet is dying. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was funny, and then. On that float, which was only my second one ever, ever? and we were yeah, because I oh, but you went well, like, on like a canoe. And, oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But this was so like my second time kayaking in rapids, okay. and so like last year we had done a similar one, but it was more chill, mm-hmm. and so yeah, this one was like great. It was like three hours. Aside from the smoke, like once it lifted a little bit, perfect weather mm-hmm. um and it was like so fun because we'd have like long stretches where it was placid and cool, and we would just like spin around and whatever <laughs> it was really relaxed. Uh, and then there were like rapids, which was kind of fun and engaging, but also I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I just like because I don't know what I'm doing, I like assumed they would take me on like a easy super easy What anyway and I was like that was like a little hard I probably wouldn't take the kids on that I should look that up and see how bad it is so if I want to do a float with the kids we do something different anyway it's that float is class four rapids oh Oh. which is like it's out of like six yeah okay because it's like there's just a couple places where it's really bad okay and there's like this one bend uh where it, like it bends, the river bends, and it takes a huge drop down some oh, rocks, especially when it's low, right, like right, now. Right, right. And like someone had wrecked there when we were like approaching it, <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, this must be pretty bad." <laughs> and you're just like, anyway, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. it was all fine. Um, but yeah, but anyway, otherwise, very <laughs> relaxing.
0: <laughs> um. Well, I do have a little. Tidbit that I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. um, Because I read Actor Age Eve Brown. Oh, my God. Yes, Talia Hilbert. So you read or you presented um, which one? So I
1: did Chloe, Chloe, which is the first one. The first one. Okay.
0: So this was the third one. And oh, my God. It's so good. Okay. So that's the one
1: I read first, too. And I was like, It's so
0: good. It's okay. Yeah. Like, I. It might be like the new bar by which yes. I judge all the others, especially so. like
1: modern romance. Mm-hmm. Like it's so they just hit every note perfectly for yes. me. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it was just like so fucking
0: hot. I like, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's so good. Yes, it's like all the language that I want used. Mm-hmm. It's none of the like, mm-hmm. which I mean. Is easier probably for modern romance right. authors, right? It probably right. feels weird to stick some of those words into like historical romance. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, it's like none of it is cringy. Mm-mm. It is so, so yeah, so good. It's yeah, it
0: was perfection. Anyway, yeah. I'm not gonna like present it on. No, this. no, you, yeah, you already did yeah. a. Um. Yeah uh but um I, I also read um when i was on vacation um the entire uh shadow and bone series oh my god which is not romance it's no, like no, ya no. um okay but it's just it's really good and what I know did you think i
1: well i dnf'd it so like oh I, really okay. i read the first one and a half it's- and then i spoiled myself and was like i'm not doing that <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: terrible like the whole time I was I mean I loved it yeah yeah (laughs) but um yeah the whole time I was just like oh my god like just fucking do it already like just I know I mean they're like teenagers like maybe I shouldn't be thinking that (laughs) but like I
1: mean I mean like 17 right that's like a pretty appropriate time for a sexual awakening think actually they are because they
0: have they're like past school age and whatever yeah, like the fantasy especially world. like later on and yeah.
1: yeah in the books but
0: yeah but I, I mean yeah i've read the entire three book series in the one week vacation yeah. well i so. think you know
1: <laughs> that's that's the beauty of young adult you just exactly. like plow right yeah, through yeah. Um, um, i liked yeah. the yeah
0: the, the the main character it was like a little bit like she has no like autonomy for a while oh yeah um, so like that part, but I really liked the, I just like the like world, like, you know, like the, yeah. the setup and the. I do
1: love, yeah, yeah. I love, I love the universe because mm-hmm. like the Six of Crows yes. books, I, those are like so perfect. Yes. Perfect YA. Yeah. Um, I love the characters so much. Love mm-hmm. found family, which mm-hmm. is in both of these. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I really like the magic system. I like the like kind of Russia based folklore is mm-hmm. fun. The language, um, yeah. yeah. So I love all that. I mostly, like, I read it because the show was coming out, and I it looked mm-hmm. great, and I wanted to watch it. And I wanted to read Six of Crows, because, like, right. I knew I was going to love that one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I hate Mal with <laughs> literally every fiber of my being. I mean... It's just, like, to me, they are the epitome of everything I hated about, like, YA when we were younger, of mm. the, like, she has the, like chosen one whatever but then she has like very little agency and yeah. everything just like happens around her and then you know like anyway, yeah well, in the,
0: especially in the first one she's constantly like
1: oh I wish I could just run away and forget mm-hmm. it all yeah
0: and then I mean obviously she like eventually realizes that she wouldn't be anyway it's just yeah yeah. yeah, anyway, um, but I, I did read Six of Crows first and loved it. Some oh, that's so good.
1: Yeah. I want there to be a million more of them. I love them I so yeah. much, Um, although they're also heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I loved them, loved those two, and I enjoyed parts of <laughs> uh, the Shadow and Bone trilogy. And then, so I also read a book that I wanted to mention. Oh. Um, And so this book is like a few years old now. Um, And it probably would have been, like, really big on, like, TikTok and Bookstagram and whatever. But I think it came out kind of, like, just before those things really became big. Um, But it's called The Ten Thousand Doors of January. It's by Alexi Harrow. Well, the cover is freaking beautiful. It's, like, the most... It's got, like, an old-fashioned doorknob and um, lock on it. And then, like, anyway. Freaking gorgeous. And the book is gorgeous. It's, like, atmospheric and has some sort of, like, creepy background stuff happening and it has this kind of like unreal feeling like you're not mm-hmm. sure if what you're reading is real or if you've got like an unreliable narrator mm. if they're imagining it or like it, the magic system in it is like kept really mysterious Ooh. which I actually it was done so well you know like mm-hmm. I don't love it when magic systems are just like kind of fuzzy and don't make a lot of sense like just the world building is bad mm-hmm. but that was not what this was at all it was just like This mysterious, like, universe that's very similar to our own. And the heroine is so good. Mm. Anyway. Sounds good. Beautiful. Especially, like, if you love books, you will love this book. (laughs) It's like a book for people who love books. Anyway. Anyway highly recommend it um it was great to like dive into for a weekend and I just wanted to like live in that world Mm. anyway and January is amazing that sounds great for like a a rainy fall totally yes (laughs) when you can like really get like stuck Mm -hmm. in and yeah it was beautiful so anyway yay for more reading reading. I'm like so (laughs) exciting excited for fall to like
0: yeah well and that's it's just reminding me of like when we first talked about starting this podcast, I was like, I don't know if I can like read a book a week. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, yes, I totally can. Yep. I can read like
1: <laughs> especially romance especially books. It would yeah. <laughs> take like a day and a half. Yeah. Um, I definitely read um, the book that I'm going to talk about today in one sitting. Oh, God. <laughs> wait. <laughs> so, really? yes. Oh, yes. All right. We'll get um, to that. We'll get into it. But um, um, yeah.
0: Okay, well, um, I, I will get into our beverage yes, before let's I get do it. started. You're up first tonight. What okay. are we drinking? So we are drinking a bottle of wine. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, my cocktail is not a cocktail. <laughs> yes, that's fine. Um, and we'll get into why, but we are drinking the menage a trois.
1: Oh, I wonder why.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it is the Cabernet Sauvignon, and I have... I. Um, I typed up the little uh, blurb for the wine here. Oh, okay. Um, Sip the King of Reds with a Ménage à Trois Cabernet Sauvignon. Smooth and approachable, this dry red wine has dark berry flavors, silky tannins, and a long savory finish. The 2018 vintage received 92 points from Jerry Mead New World International Wine Competition in 2020. Try the latest release. (laughs) From California's (laughs) North Coast wine growing region, this bottled wine is aged in French
1: and American oak. (laughs) <laughs> Alright.
0: So, I
1: wish I knew more about wine, but I mean, I'm enjoying same, it very much. I mean, yeah, this <laughs> is, uh, it's
0: a, it's a classy find at your local Fred Meyer, um, <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the 10 to $15 range, <laughs> so. We think we, we call that how I
1: approachable. I roll. Approachable! <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious, do they have any, like, like, explanation for the name on the wine? Yeah, like the company. Not that I know of. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. I'd just be curious to hear where that came from. Well, anyway. um, All right. We'll get into that. Sounds good. Um,
0: Okay, so are we taking a break before I start? Let's take a quick break. Okay. Okay. uh, So we're back, and I'm going first. So this week I read... How to Catch a Queen by Alyssa Cole. Okay. So this is a pretty new book. Um, It was published uh, December 1st of last year, so 2020. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Um, So not super new, but new-ish. Yeah. Um, And I will get into it and read the back of the book, and it's kind of a long back of the book, so get ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. When Shanti Mohapi weds the king of Ninjaza, her dream of becoming a queen finally comes true. But it's nothing like she imagined. Shanti and her husband may share an immediate and powerful attraction, but her subjects see her as an outsider, and everything she was taught about being the perfect wife goes disastrously wrong. (laughs) A king must rule with an iron fist, and newly crowned King Sanyu was born perfectly fitted for the gauntlet, even if he wishes he weren't. He agrees to take a wife as is required of him, though he doesn't expect to actually fall in love. Even more vexing? His beguiling new queen seems to have the answers to his country's problems, except no one will listen to her. By day, they lead separate lives. By night, she wears the crown, and he bows to her demands in matters of politics and passion. Uh When turmoil erupts in their kingdom and their marriage, Shanti goes on the run, and Sanyu must learn whether he has what it takes to both lead his people and to catch his queen.
1: Whoa! Where did how did you find this one? Um, I think this was
0: um, uh, I I mean I think I found it on like a Goodreads list. Yeah. I've been that's how I've been looking for things um, most mostly lately. It um, was looking, awesome. I, yeah, I was definitely looking for like more, just like more variety to to move forward. So this looked like a good um option, and I'm really glad I read it. It was. So much fun. Like such a fun read. Um So alright, yeah. So first I'm gonna I'm gonna cast the characters. Oh yes, let's do it. So um Janelle Monet as Shanti. <laughs>
1: oh my god, I love her so much.
0: Um, okay, and then King Sanyu. So Sanyu is like he's a little bit like I don't know what the right word is. Kinda like, I wanna say like oafish, like he's not described that way but like he's a little like bumbling and like um yeah so i have tyler james williams which so if you ever saw the show everybody hates chris he was like the kid version of chris rock in that show oh my god
1: so now he's an adult yes and he was in the walking (laughs) dead which i have actually seen him in yeah i haven't watched Um, that one
0: and he was also in criminal minds you have to show me a picture yeah so he's kind of like he's kind of like cute like you know, like, fun-loving, like, kind of, like, the opposite sort of, of, like, what the king is actually supposed to be. Sweet and,
1: like, simple. yeah, Maybe a little bit. Yeah. 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 So. Loves having a, a um, wife yeah, he's with a like, head for complex politics. Yeah.
0: He's, like, a reluctant leader, right? Like, that's his thing. Um, so, uh, the main tropes, uh, marriage of convenience, obviously. But, and uh, actually, it's, there is no forced proximity because they're, like...
1: Right. They live separate lives. Yeah, so he
0: yeah, and he kinda like shuns her. I still Um,
1: I love marriage of convenience. I know, yeah. Planned marriage. It's yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's really sweet. Um, so overall, like I thought this book was so much fun. Um there were some like hidden gem like jokes, like um, there's a coming to America joke about I know. (laughs)
1: Um
0: which when I heard it, I was like, wait. So, that, with that and then I like went back and Is it
1: modern or is it's it It's modern yeah, okay. um
0: and it's a fictional country. Got it. Okay. So, um uh yeah and like I really loved the plot um I thought it had great pace the characters grew as it went in like a realistic way um and again like I we talked about world building in the mm-hmm. intro like was, this book kind of like got me thinking about like what that means for books and like this book is almost like a fantasy book like it's a yeah. it's a modern fictional like set in the real world but like just the the this like imagined country like the history is all there, it's all included and it's somehow like the book isn't boring while she's like describing yeah. these things. Um and so, so, yeah, so it's the fictional country of Ninjaza, um, okay. and there's even, like, they include, like, the mythology and, like, his parents and, like, what happened to them um, and kind of, like, this the history of, like, why queens are sort of shunned mm-hmm. or, like, his father um, or his mother, rather, was, like, kicked out and then, like, his father had, like, a different wife, like, for, like, four months and then, Ooh. like, get a new one and a new one and a new one. So, like, growing Whoa. up with that, like... Yeah yeah you know you can't get attached to someone and Mm -hmm. um so the one thing that was a little rough in the book um is that there really wasn't that much chemistry which is like you know it's kind of like they're very different characters so like there's a little bit of like opposites attract but like the dialogue wasn't quite there like I didn't really like Sanyu like I didn't really get into his character like I'm maybe it's just not my type but like I wasn't really that into him as a person.
1: That uh. makes it, like when you're reading romance, when you're not yeah. into like the like love an, interest, it's right. not Yeah. Um especially so. when you love the main character. Like if you yes. love the main character but you feel like the love interest is like not there, you're like Well, you uh, can do better. I'll get into
0: it a little bit. Like he yeah. ends up being like a lovely supporting character. Which is nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um
0: and so yeah, and, like, the sex scenes were just okay, like, kind of minor, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so. Yeah. Um, so, and, um. so one of the big themes was, like, overcoming toxic masculinity, so Sonny was, like, forced into this traditionally masculine role, mm-hmm. um, and, like, taught to never be, allowed, like, he was never allowed to be afraid of anything, Um. and so, yeah, so, like, it was kind of, like, interesting to, like, see him, like, grow, and, like, yeah, yeah. maybe someone who grew up that way, like, wouldn't be perfect, wouldn't get it right away, you know? And, like, they would have kind of, like, a long journey to get there. Um, So, and that was sort of, like, a little bit of, like, a duality where, like, he grew up in this world, but, like, he loved his father. Like, you know? So, like,
1: that is... I love that. I mean, like, real life is complicated and complex, right? Yeah, and, like... like, Yeah, and
0: so it was, um, and, like, you kind of find out, like, uh, this is a minor spoiler, but, um, like, his dad was like very hurt by like what happened with his mom so like Aww. you know yeah. it's he was hurt and like have seeing son you, like see that and like grow as a, you know it's, oh,
1: he's breaking the cycle of trauma exactly that's pretty cool
0: yeah um but shanti was a fucking phenomenal character she was like type a from like a child she had like she was like writing her own book of like Queenisms, kind of like all these like quotes (laughs) from people yes just like um yeah just uh like advice and like little quotes like it was just like riddled with all these lovely little things um and then uh yeah she's just like super strong like she doesn't compromise like things got like really difficult and like she um I like kind of saw building to this like climax where like there was gonna have to be compromise and I was like waiting for it her to be like you know, like, give up on, like, some of her ideals, Uh she totally doesn't, and he ends up, like, crawling back on his fucking knees, (laughs) and it is beautiful, (laughs) like, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, like, she, she, like, risks everything, you know, like, you kind of have to, like, if you have strong ideas, you know, like, you need to be willing to walk away if that's what you need, and yeah, um, so I just... I love that moment. Um, so it wasn't like a super sexy read, um, but I did really enjoy the book. And it was a quick read. Um, uh, and this is part of a series, um, okay. the Reluctant Royals trilogy. Um, this is the first. So I don't know what the other ones are like. Oh, well, um, it just this one's oh, no, less wait, than wait, wait, a sorry. year old, the, right? Sorry, so. the Reluctant Royals is a different trilogy oh, okay. by the same author. Um, this one is Runaway Royals. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can you keep track? Every author has like so many like different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. And so I kind of like looked up um, the author um, to see uh, what else she had because I really like this book and I want yeah. to see um, So she also has um, a book called An Extraordinary Union um, which I put on my list. Um, it's a Civil War set espionage romance. Oh. Um, and I'm just going to read the like quick little blurb about that because after reading this one, I was like, oh, what else? And then yeah. this looked fucking amazing. So here's the blurb. Elle Burns is a former slave with a passion for justice and an eidetic memory. Trading in her life of freedom in Massachusetts, she returns to the indignity of slavery in the South to spy for the Union
1: Army. Whoa. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: um, and then, I'm sorry, this is long. I have some more stuff about Alyssa Cole here. Yeah. Um, because, uh, and this is not even... My deep dive. <laughs> oh,
1: you just really enjoyed
0: it. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, in like looking her up, um, she's like a really interesting person. She lives in the Caribbean. Okay. She has tons of pet chickens. Um, oh. And she used to be a science journal editor. Um, she's proudly bisexual. Right on. Um, and okay. So then there's this, uh, this thing that happened in... 2019 that was apparently this like kind of scandal in the romance world which I'm like not really it's like f- tied into but yeah. um so apparently um uh, another author um Courtney Milan um tweeted out some like racist lines from a 1999 book um and so the book or so the tweet read as a half Chinese person with brown eyes seriously fuck this piece of shit <laughs> And, the, so, and then there were screenshots from a book by Catherine Lynn Davis, um, who is a white author. And she described some Chinese characters as or with uh, slanted almond eyes, bronze faces turned slightly yellow by the London climate. Ugh. So um, in response to these tweets, um, the RWA, which is the Romance Writers of America. Yeah,
1: like, I cited them in one okay. of my other. Yeah. So anyway. they like
0: um like cited the person who made the tweets um and like uh gave her like a um what did they call it like a citation. Oh my and god. Like um let's see what did they Yeah. That's fucked up. So okay, so like they so they like said they were gonna like issue a judgment and they like took like a year and then they like hoped that like the scandal would like die but down. It just goes away. But it didn't. Yeah. And so Alyssa Cole like in um in concert with Courtney Milan, like she like asked if she could like leak the judgment that was like against her. Yeah. They like revoked her membership or something. I didn't write down what the punishment was. Um but yeah, so Alyssa Cole leaked this judgment and there was like huge backlash. Well yeah. The RWA had to like cancel their annual awards and like because because people were just like pulling out like oh my god saying they weren't yeah. gonna go um, I can't so, believe
1: this this happened in twenty nineteen I know yeah um so this is
0: yeah uh and so they ended up like they canceled their thing they like issued an apology and they actually like renamed their awards um for uh so Vivian Stevens who they renamed their awards for was actually the founder of the RWA who is a black woman oh and like so like at some point during the organization's, like, history, she, like, distanced herself from them because they were, like, not being yeah, woke, I'm... probably. Right. <laughs> Just a bunch of... Anyway. Um, so, uh, and um let me see what else do I have here oh um so it's just like something to think about because I got this information from a slate.com article oh okay um it was all about Alyssa Cole this should have just been my deep dive
1: I mean yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) it would have been great she sounds like a badass Yeah. yeah
0: um okay so here's this quote from that article um When Cole and writers like her include racism in their romances, it's not to make white readers uncomfortable or to ruin the escapism associated with a genre that, by definition, must end happily. Leaving Leaving the realities of life as a black woman on the cutting room floor isn't escapism to those who experience them. It is erasure. People just want to write love stories, Cole told me, her voice breaking with frustration. And yet, in the face of so many structural challenges, she's found that the very act of writing about black romance inevitably feels political. You literally have to become an activist to write a story about two people meeting and falling in love, she said. She's fighting, in her words, the ingrained resistance to the idea of a black woman in a stable relationship that is indicative of love, not of sex, of love. It's just like, I mean, it is a thought like, you know, it's like, oh, why do you have to include slavery romances for escapism? Right. And it's like, no, like.
1: No, it. I mean, and yeah. it's like so important to have all different kinds of representation. Like right. it's, it's important to have stories where hard shit and what it's like mm-hmm. to be a person, a marginalized person mm-hmm. of any kind. Um, and it's also happy. It's also important to like write stories where those people have like. True happiness and like not, you know, not that not every story and especially not every romance story has to be like a gay person coming out or like hold pain Mm -hmm. necessarily. But there has to be like enough literature that all those things are touched on Mm -hmm. at different times. Right. Right. And when it's like authors are being you know, like, it's so much harder to break into the business as uh, an author of color or another marginalized group that, like, there's, like, inherently a limited amount Mm -hmm. of works by people from marginalized communities. So you don't get the same kind of, like, wide representation and different stories as you do for white people.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I thought that was interesting to include. I definitely, like... Went down like a side street and just like read that entire article about Alyssa Cole. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it is interesting too because I mean, I, you know, like we've talked about, like I don't know that much about the romance novel community. No, so I mean, it is we're interesting to, to kind of yeah. like learn these things that yeah, happened. Yeah. And apparently it was a pretty big deal. So,
1: yeah, I can imagine. Um. Anyway. Um,
0: all right. So next is my ratings.
1: <laughs> all right. All right. Right. Let's get back to
0: it. Back to how to catch a queen. Uh, so, readability, I went with a four. Definitely went quick and easy. Hotness, two. Yeah. Romance, two. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> which, yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, which it's... But it sounds like it was a great story. Right, right? yeah. yeah it's, well, it's weird. It was like a romance that wasn't that romantic. Yeah. But there was some sex in it, and it was a good story, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and overall, I went with 3.5. Nice. Um okay. So vibe check yes passes the vibe check. Um some other stuff. There's like a women's rights group in the book, which like Shanti actually like escapes from the palace and like goes incognito and like joins this women's rights oh group. And, and like <laughs> making like banners and stuff is great. And um, the it. characters in that group are just so amazing. Um Content warnings, no, uh there's like there's a lot of, like, in the history of the country, there's, like, imperialism and uh, right. colonization, um, obviously. Right. Um, but no significant content warnings. And I did not put a favorite line in here. I'm sorry. Oh, all right. <laughs> I just really I thought I'd finish these notes. Whoops. <laughs> Missed that. Um, okay. And my deep dive is actually really short. I'm remembering now. So, like, maybe that'll make up for it. There you go. You'll balance it out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, so... Um, I, what I didn't get into is um, the reason for my wine selection,
1: which is oh the yeah, that, of <laughs> right. Oh my god, I thought it was gonna be like so, so easy. Anyway, so okay. As,
0: as part of the like world building for this fictional country, they talk about the um, the like mythology of their gods, Ooh. and so like part of the thing that happens is that so the the original. Um, gods were a triad and it was two men and a woman um and then so like part of the thing when like Sanyu's dad had his like heartbroken or whatever mm-hmm. they like kind of like cut the female part of those like two gods out of the like
1: oh so,
0: so it ended up just being like two male gods but in this country there is also like a traditional triad marriage where it's two men and a woman and, like, one of his, like, best friends and, like, advisors, and like it's, he's, like, the son of, like, one of the other, uh-huh. like, high up people or whatever, is in one of these marriages. And I think the second book in this trilogy is his story. I'm not 100% okay. sure. But anyway, so that's, like, a thing that, like, some people get married two people. Some people get married three people in this country. And it's totally normal.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, So I... love. Yeah. So, um, and I realized as reading this book that, like, I don't know that much about uh, traditional mythology or anything from this region. Yeah. Um, So I kind of wanted to, like, look up and be like, oh, is this based on, like, real mythology? Yeah. Um, So I couldn't find a lot. um, But what I did find, um, sort of, like, the possible source for this, like, fictional triad deity um, might be from the Akan religion. So this is the traditional belief system and practices of the Akan people of Ghana and the Eastern Ivory Coast, um, and it's it's pretty hard to find like specific details. Like kind of like any like like a language or anything. Like it's it's evolved and it's morphed yeah. and it's become yeah um, uh, like Christianity has like infiltrated. Of course. <sighs> um, so uh, within the Akan people. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. There's a lot of other things that I'm probably going to butcher here too. So apologies about that. I did look up, um, (laughs) I did try to look up, uh, like phonetic spelling, but it it was like, there's too many differences. Like there, there isn't actually agreement for some of these things. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of subgroups, um, but typically there is a senior God, um, who generally does not interact with humans. And then there's lots of like lesser gods, Mm -hmm. um, and the senior god is a creator god who created the universe. Um, And so in some cases, they have found that this one creator god is actually a triad, um, which consists of three gods, Naimei, Nyankopon and (laughs) Odomonkoma. So, Naomi is the natural universe um, or like physical matter. Okay. um, Which is sometimes depicted by the moon or like female elements, like the cross. Yeah. Like a cross.
1: Oh, got it.
0: Um, Naomi represents the. Oh, wait, that's what I just did. Sorry. <laughs> Nine Copan is the life force, um, which is depicted as the sun and typical, typically male elements like the uh, cross, like a plus sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is Odomankoma, uh, which represents like knowledge or like creative force. So those are the like. Fascinating. Three aspects. Super cool. Um, And so, and again, this is only in like some cases where it's found. And I like found myself reading this like research paper written in like the 60s by like someone who did their like doctorate I'm like studying this. wow and fun. I was like wait <laughs> like, I, what am I even doing?
1: <laughs> almost bought a membership to like um an online library where people's dissertations were published the, yeah. for one of our was, other deep dives and I was like what am I doing <laughs> yeah exactly it was like
0: log in with your university credentials I, know. I was like well, I'm in the wrong place yeah <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so that's my, my, my short deep dive, but yeah. Cool. I was, I was hoping there'd be more, like, I thought maybe, like, I was like, oh, is this maybe just, like, the Oh, I'm the sure mythology? there were plenty of, like, Christian yeah.
1: missionaries out there, like, burning everything right? that existed that yeah. was written down, um, yeah. but that's fascinating. I find yeah. different religious systems to be so fascinating. Yeah, so interesting. They're basically just, like, myths and stories, which yes. is my favorite yeah. anyway, oh, but yeah. Well,
0: yeah, and, like, they, it's... It's old, you know, way yeah. older than Christianity, yeah. way older than a lot yeah. of other, yeah, religions. So it's it's super interesting, um, and I feel like that's a major hole in my education. Like, yeah, like oh yeah, I, I don't even, like, I don't remember doing a lot of African history in school.
1: No, none. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. And I did, I did like a religion, um, like it, it was called like a con- not a concentration, a cluster in yeah. college because yeah, yeah. had to do like. The mm-hmm. others that weren't our major, and I did um, religious studies, and it was, like... It was, like, all Europe. It was, like, two, two yeah. semesters of the Bible and, like, one of um, Indian
1: religion. Wow. <laughs> what a great range. I mean, I, those
0: areas were lacking in my education as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think... I'm sure that, like, you know, in college there are a lot more options, but certainly... Yeah. when I think about like how we learned history in high school it's really upsetting yeah it's all Um,
0: intermixed with you know awkward teenage feelings and oh my god well drama. definitely
1: yes but like the only i feel like the only thing we learned that wasn't like only us history oh was like watching schindler's list oh, yeah european <laughs> like, history yeah. yes of and course
0: and that's it cuz if it
1: doesn't involve us why would we ever talk about it right? um yeah no it's it's bad so i actually like doing these deep dives Yeah. has like
0: it made me want to go fun. back to college. I'm it's like, I kind of miss it. It yeah. is. I wish I had time to
1: like devote more. like enough time, like to do, because it's really fun and fascinating mm-hmm. to get into this stuff. And I, there's so many things I want to do mm-hmm. that are just like too big for this podcast. Right. Yeah. But, um, anyway. Well, that was great. That Yay. sounds like a lovely story. Yeah. And well, and I want to A wanna great read. heroine.
0: Yes. And I want to read more of her books now because yeah. I, I like her.
1: Are so. they all, are all her books like in the romance section or are they um
0: I think so I mean she was described in the article as a romance writer so I don't know if she has anything else but yeah. um well definitely she's romance cer- with yeah. depth she certainly has a lot of romance
1: yeah levels, so yeah okay, okay well, should we right. take a break yeah let's take a quick break and then I'll go yay all right okay. so it's my turn. Yes. This and week. <laughs> I just like the cover of you your book it? is so good. It's a classic. Classic okay. bodice ripper. Um, so this week I read Devil in Winter uh, by Lisa Claypass. She's a very prolific. Well, I mean, who of them are not? <laughs> my god. But um, she's been around for a long time, and um this book is like. When people think about romance, this is what they're thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, it does not have a shirtless man on the cover, but it does have a woman with her dress half undone, looking out of the window, bared pining. Sh- bared shoulder blades. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So let's just start with the back of book. Good. <laughs> um Desperate to escape her scheming relatives, Evangeline Jenner has sought the help of the most infamous scoundrel in London. A marriage of convenience is the only solution. No one would ever have paired the shy, stammering wallflower with the sinfully handsome Viscount. It quickly becomes clear, however, that Evie is a woman of hidden strength, and Sebastian desires her more than any woman he's ever known. Determined to win her husband's elusive heart, Evie dares to strike a bargain with the devil. If Sebastian can stay celibate for three months, she will allow him into her bed. When Evie is threatened by a vengeful enemy from the past, Sebastian vows to do whatever it takes to protect his wife, even at the expense of his own life. Together, they will defy their perilous fate for the sake of an all-consuming love. Wow. Um, Yeah. Actually, super bad description. Like, who writes these? It's not the not author. The, author.
0: the <laughs> publisher who's like, what yeah. will sell the most books? Yes. I don't care if it's accurate. <laughs> yes. So,
1: not a great representation of their relationship or what the book is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, the reason I added this one to my list is I actually saw someone on TikTok, I should go back and find her handle, um, recommended this book for people who like the character Loki. From oh, Marvel. Wait, can I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, Reformed Rake is probably my favorite trope of all time, or really mm. any kind of like rogue or scoundrel character. Like, that's my jam. And especially like, anyway, so actually, let's get into the cast. So, because I, this was recommended to me for people who love Loki mm-hmm. naturally I imagine smash Sebastian the male lead as Tom Hiddleston Tom, okay <laughs> yep. fine In his like true <laughs> blondie redheaded mm-hmm. uh look but like he's defined as like He's tall and willowy. He's really witty and smart and quick. He's not like he a fighter. <laughs> he's definitely not a brute. Yeah, he's like a total dandy. Like he dresses really fancy. And I love it. I love everything about it. Um, and so anyway, so Tom Hiddleston as Sebastian. And I have a young Nicole Kidman as Evie. So she's oh. like, I almost went with Christina Hendricks. And I actually think that was, would also be good oh. casting. Um, but okay. it's like someone who can do that kind of like, wilty wallflower like I'm Mm. so nervous and I'm shy thing but then also who can be like Mm. yeah I'm shy but I'm not a wimp you know like anyway so okay she appears very soft and like amenable and controllable but she isn't actually um So, the main tropes obviously reformed rake and then like fake marriage. It's not fake, it's a real marriage, but like loveless marriage or whatever that Mm -hmm. like become anyway. Um, So, some of my favorite tropes. Um, Okay. So, my overall thoughts (laughs) I fucking loved this book (laughs) so much. And I mean, like, it is what it is. It is a classic old fashioned. Regency bodice ripper, right? Like it's so white there. You know, like there's no non cisgendered people. There's need, no non straight oh, like, people.
0: New like category for that. Like yeah, like, white as fuck. Like W A F. Yeah, like, right. I don't know. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally.
1: Um, and this book is definitely that. It's it's not like terribly toxic, but we'll get into that. But um, anyway, so yeah, I like literally read. I read like five pages of this book before I fell asleep one night. And then I like woke up in the morning and was, it was a weekend and I wasn't working. And I had like a lazy oh morning and I literally read the whole thing in one sitting in bed. Amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> Maybe that has something to do with why I liked it so much. <laughs> I was just so relaxed. Um, but yeah, so love, love both the characters. I mean, it was like a given going into this that I was going to love the male lead no matter how problematic he was going to be um just reformed rake is is my number one um so sebastian he's smart he's a total dandy um a tremendous flirt like just Mm. like you can't he would like flirt with like a wooden door like it's everything he Mm, does is like yeah 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 uh (laughs) i just love it so much and like You know, his his rakishness, his roguishness is like clearly his like rooted in his failure to process his own traumatic childhood. And he's Mm -hmm. just like, I'm just going to keep myself really busy being a fantastic (laughs) lover. So I never have to process these emotions. That's what he's doing. Yeah. So it's like and he's the kind of rogue that like he's not out there taking advantage of people. He's out there like having a good time and making other people have a good time which i can appreciate i mean
0: if you've got that reputation people would know what they're getting into right, right? no <laughs> In exactly <area>. yes and <laughs> that's like the
1: situation with his previous encounters um and so anyway he's like smart and funny and he's teasing her all the time yeah. and he makes like a like that's like a regency version of that's what she said jokes <laughs> like he's so because she's like all innocent and you know mm-hmm. says things that can be taken the wrong way a lot <laughs> um anyway and then so the female lead evie uh, evangeline also worked for me as a heroine i actually she's not like my my favorite heroine is like the one from your book who's like gets shit done she knows who she is she knows what she wants she just like brazens her way through everything Mm -hmm. with like you know sheer force of like will and personality that's my favorite because I'm like that's who I wish I was in my head (laughs) (laughs) um and Evie is definitely not that like she is like she's got like strength and she's not you know as like amenable as people think she is but she is shy and she is kind of soft and she wants to like make people happy and comfortable and that's like her jam like she's mm-hmm. definitely like more of a caretaker personality um but she's not like she doesn't like let people walk all over her you know so right. I could appreciate that um and she has like a speech impediment that presents itself when she's really stressed which there's a lot of stress <laughs> in this book, but, um, you know, she, that's like made people think that she's not that smart, mm-hmm. but she is smart. Um, and you know, she definitely is like a part of the plot in this book. You know, it's not like the plot just happens like around her mm-hmm. or to her, Alina Starkov. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, so, is that her last name? <laughs> I think so. Isn't it? I can so, It's no. been a while now. Um. <laughs> Anyway, and it. she also, I know. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No recollection. Doesn't it's, matter. the second you're done. It's just gone. <laughs> um, yeah, and she's got like a dry sense of humor, believes the best of people, which is kind of sweet. Anyway, uh, so I love them both. But like, I think what I really love about this book and what makes it like my favorite kind of read is that like the characters are great. The character work is pretty good. But it's like there's a lot of plot and the Mm -hmm. plot like really just keeps things moving along at a good pace and keeps the tension high and it's like the word I kept wanting to write down well I did write it down (laughs) is swashbuckling even though it's like there's no pirates there's no water (laughs) but like it's just like a rollicking good time like shit is happening you know there's like suddenly there's a giant brawl. There's like secret plots, there's gunfights, there's gambling, there's oh. long lost siblings coming out of the woodwork. It's like None it's, of that was in the back of the book. No, right? It's so it <laughs> sounds totally boring. Um and yeah, it's just as like a great, really spicy soap opera, which I love. Um plus the author is really good at like showing and not telling. You know? Because yeah. I think there's like plot. There's always things happening, so you're like seeing to the seeing the characters react to things around them, and right. that gives you an understanding of who they yes. are. Yes,
0: instead of like describing the character, yes. it's like, yeah. I'm gonna show you who the yeah. character
1: is. Yeah, and no I like, like giant exposition dumps, and yeah, right. okay. yeah. So I loved it. It just was so much fun uh, to read, and it is hot. So <laughs> uh, hot. Okay, it is. <laughs> Yeah, the sex scenes are pretty good. They really, really really work for me. Yes. Okay. So, I don't yeah,
0: even with the like Regency era.
1: Oh yeah. No, okay. they're not like it's definitely not like a fade to black. Like there's okay. it's like fully they're fully realized. I'd written down sex scenes and they are do what good.
0: words do they use for <laughs>
1: Years. What are you years. <laughs> no, totally. Um,
0: you don't have to look it up. They I'm definitely, just like, I feel like that's like a judge of like...
1: It is. I, I well, feel that's, like that's
0: a problem with a lot of Regency or like historical. Because the language like, is like too soft and then it yeah, feels a little bit... Yeah. Or, or like the female characters are like too uneducated in the sexual... Well,
1: normally um, I hate that. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not into the like virgin right. kind of... I know that some people are into that, but I like, you know, I just prefer a woman who like knows who she is and what she likes. Right. Um, but, and this was definitely like, she was a virgin, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, and I thought I was going to hate that part. No, the whole time I was just like, wow, I wish that had been my experience, (laughs) like my first time, you know, like, and he is like a good and careful lover. I mean, who pays attention and experience means, yeah, you know, she literally came twice. In there first. And which, it was, like, and is it was not believable. realistic, but, okay. like, it was... I mean... Okay. He, like, he put in the work, you know? It wasn't okay. like she just, like, magically came while they were having penetrative sex, you know? Okay. It was, like, oral sex. But, like, I just can't imagine, like... <laughs> we're getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and I was just, like, I mean, you know, I... Lots of people have their first sexual experience, like, before they're even old enough to, like, know what real pleasure yeah. is. And, oh, like, yeah. yeah. So, but to have someone who knows what they're doing guide you through that gently and with care sounds pretty great. That does, that does sound pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, I
0: interrupted you. No, not at all. <laughs> I
1: love it. So, um, no, they they were good. I very much enjoyed them. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay so, ratings. Mm-hmm. Um Readability 4.5. I'm like I just was sucked I mean, yeah, in yeah.
0: one sitting or one yeah one sitting. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
1: like basically one sitting. Um and it just kept moving. I it was a perfect balance of like character work and plot work. Um not too heavy on either, not too hmm. light on either. It was great. Hotness four point five. <laughs> wow. I okay. mean, I'm I yeah. <laughs> this is my jam. We, we this need to make some love like, Excel graphs because now I want to know. know like what
0: you rated when the Brown Sisters. Won. I think also four, or four, four and a half. Four, okay, I yeah, mean it's so like, like for me it's like the yeah. same level. Okay, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, and then Romance, four and a half. I, yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's cheesy and like there's definitely some problematic stuff, but for me this is my like guilty pleasure mm, kind of book. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I just. I think I will probably reread this, like, a dozen more times in my life. I enjoyed it that much. It's going to, like... Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) So overall, 4.5. Like, this is just... I just enjoyed it, you know? Like, I... It was so fun. Okay. Vibe check. WAF. this is our... Yep. (laughs) Yeah. No, this is... Not great. Uh, And if this is the only kind of romance you're reading, that's a problem. There is like a, like the first morning they wake up in bed together after getting married, which is in like the first 25 pages of the book. He's like already loving her up and had been while she was sleeping. So that's, there's a trigger warning for that. That's not great. It's bad. (laughs) But um, that's the worst Thing that occurred, um, and otherwise some people it's not are too into bad. that. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, sure. If you like talk about it ahead of time and say it's sure. okay, right? right. <laughs> not yep. like As, when you're a yep. virgin As, sleeping in a <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's for what it is. It's not that bad, but um. Yeah, not great. Um. Okay, my favorite line. Mm. All right, so. They have just had like a bad encounter with someone and now they're in their room together, Sebastian and Evie, and like recovering and okay, I'm going to start here. He began to rub her stiff muscles, his thumbs spanning in strong arcs across her upper back. Evie made a little sound and tried to step away, but he hushed her and continued to massage her with infinite skill. You're not the same as you were a few days ago, he murmured. You're no longer a wallflower, nor a virgin, nor the helpless child who had to endure life with the Maybricks. You're a Viscountess with a sizable fortune and a scoundrel of a husband. Whose rules will you adhere to now? Mm. (laughs) I just love that so much. Like He totally is like corrupting her in the best way. (laughs) He's like... Don't fuck around with other people's bullshit. Do what you want. And that's yes. like what the whole book is about and I love that. Yes. Um, so, anyway. So that's Devil in Winter. Literally, the fact that it's winter has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> 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 um, okay. So for my deep dive, um, so when they went to get married, it was without the permission of her guardians, so they went to Oh, Gretna Green. Um. So my deep dive is on Ye old Las Vegas, a.k.a. Gretna Green. Oh. So <laughs> for anyone who's read more than like four uh, Regency romances or any Jane Austen or watched any historical, mm-hmm. yeah, we all know Gretna Green is like the first town over in Scotland from England where people go to, went to, have a quickie wedding. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> we're going to deep dive on why that is. Uh, It all began with something called Hardwick's Marriage Act of 1753. So this act uh, was just in England, made it so that both parties getting married had to be 21 to marry without parental permission. So previously, there was no, you didn't have to have parental permission. Uh, And their marriage must take place in the local church in the town one or both parties lives in. So like their own parish, they couldn't like get married anywhere else in the country, Mm -hmm. uh, as well as requiring that the marriage bans, so that's B-A-N-N-S, the intent to marry, had been read publicly ahead of the wedding. While this had actually been standard practice for a long time in England, it hadn't actually been legally required prior to to the Marriage Act, so there were many, like, irregular marriages that occurred in England prior to this time uh, that were recognized by the state. Um so like you 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 need know, you had to like be married by a priest in a church before but like the the without parental permission oh. thing wasn't required Um, And you didn't have to be, like, married in your local church. Until this. Until 1753. So, but the act didn't stretch to Scotland, where you could perform marriages on the spot with no bands read and without a priest in a (laughs) simple marriage by declaration or hand fasting ceremony. I know, it sounds very cute. Um, Which only required two witnesses and assurances from the couple that they were both free to marry. So you could just be like, yeah, we're down. (laughs) Um, And you could do it. On the spot, there was no um, no license requirement, no timeline requirement. Um, so, like with Gretna Green, it was like just an accident of geography that made them the destination because it sits right at the um, southwestern tip of Scotland. So, you know, the um, dividing line between Scotland and England go- runs north east to southwest. So like it's much farther north on the east side of the continent. Okay. Um so Gretna sits like right down in the little corner. Yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) Um and it literally um so it's the blacksmith shop that becomes like the place to the most famous place to get married in Gretna Green and it's like a hundred meters over the border. Um Mm. so right now it sits right on what is now the M6 motorway. (laughs) Um, so it's like right there. Uh, so from the Gretna Green website, uh, when couples began eloping to Scotland, the blacksmith shop very quickly became synonymous as the hotbed of scandal and intrigue with many daughters from respectable families choosing to flee here to... Quote, marry a scoundrel. Love. Uh, The anvil priests would perform the ceremony for a weed ram or a few guineas, depending on your status (laughs) and financial standing. The hammering of the anvil soon became a notorious sound. Romantically, it is said that the metals he forged, like the metals he forged, the blacksmith would join couples together in the heat of the moment, but bind them for eternity. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Gretna Green. Definitely, like, conjures up a lot of romantic images for yeah. all of us, right? And it is. So I actually went there when I took my first trip to the UK. Oh, really? And it's, like, so cute. You know, the original blacksmith shop is still there. And, of course, it's, like, a huge wedding venue now. Mm-hmm. They have some great, like, romantic art. There's actually, like, they have this really big piece that's, like, two hands holding. It's, like, coming out of the ground because, like, the hand fasting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely. Um Anyway, so it is very romantic, but it actually was not all good. And like, you know, the marriage act kind of, it sounds like a bummer in a bad time, but actually like was put in place to protect women from being married against their will. Um, I mean, that wasn't all of it, of course, but um, I actually... must
0: protect you from... Right, I know.
1: Um, Well, I did, I went looking, I was just trying to find like famous gretna green marriages like i thought for sure there'd be like stories yeah like like actual stories yeah Yeah. yeah. but there aren't many but i I did find one um and it was a great example of why this was not a good thing but (laughs) it's a really fun story so i'm gonna read it to you um so it's called it's known at the event is known as the shrigley abduction so ellen turner was the daughter and only child of william turner will turner to the caribbean oh, anyway yeah um, <laughs> not related uh, a wealthy resident of pot shrigley in cheshire who owned um like printing <laughs> and spinning sucks. mills i just, know like, the
0: most english
1: so. i know can <laughs> you imagine there's so many extra letters on this page <laughs> um and at the time of the abduction uh ellen turner oh sorry turner was a high sheriff of cheshire and lived in shrigley hall um 15 year old ellen Attracted the interest of Edward Gibbon Wakefield in 1826. He conspired with his brother, William Wakefield, to marry her for her inheritance. Mm-mm. Edward Gibbon Wakefield was 30 years old. He had been a king's messenger as a teenager and later became a diplomat. Mm. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um so at the age of 20, he had eloped to Scotland, Gretna Green, with a 17-year-old heiress, oh. Eliza Paddle. <laughs> Paddle. Um, and her mother, like, to avoid scandal, accepted the marriage and settled 70,000 pounds on them for her dowry.
0: Just like, OK. Yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm. to, like,
1: pretend like, oh, everything's fine. Is My daughter fine? didn't run away. We're yeah. Ahead. Yeah. Um, and so, but Eliza died four years later in 1820 after giving birth to her third child. Ugh. Um So Wakefield had political ambitions, which he did eventually realize, uh, and wanted more money. So he was like, let's try this again. Uh, And (laughs) so he finds Ellen and decides that, like, I'm going to go for her. And I bet that her parents will do the same thing that good old Eliza's parents Mm -hmm. did. So um, this is all taken from... Wikipedia and they have a few sources there's also like a lot of sources needed like missing from this story (laughs) but it's such a great story that I just want to tell it anyway so on the 7th of March 1827 Wakefield sent his servant Edward with a carriage to Liverpool where Ellen was a student at boarding school and the servant shows up and tells the mistresses of the school like hey I'm here to pick up Ellen because her dad's super sick and he needs her right now And Ellen's like, I've never seen you before. Who are you? Why are you taking me to my dad? I haven't heard anything about this. The mistresses of the school are just like, all right, go ahead. (laughs) So he takes her away. (laughs) Um, And he takes her to Manchester. And they meet um, Wakefield at a hotel. And there he tells her not that her father is sick, but that her father's business has collapsed and that uh, her father is like on the lam and they're going to try and save her. But her father like told him to come get her or whatever. Um, And he's going to take her to her dad that's what he says so then they proceed on to kendall which is not a town in england that i'm familiar with but then he changes his story again and he says oh now your dad's a fugitive so you know we don't know what we're gonna do the you know banks say that they just want to give you the money now so you know i your dad says that we should probably get married so that the banks can give you that money and Wait, oh, she's like, she
0: can't get the money unless she's married,
1: right? I guess, <sighs> yeah. And you know, she's 15, so god, yeah, <laughs> she's like has no idea what's going on. Um, and she's like, um, okay, I guess. So she allows them to take her on to yet another location, uh, in Carlisle, um, where they meet uh, William Wakefield, who is Edward's brother, um, and He claims to have spoken to Ellen's dad and gotten his agreement on the marriage. So they're like, see, everybody's good. Let's do it. Um, So she consents and they take her over the border to Gretna Green uh, and they get married. And then they return to Carlisle where Ellen says she wants to see her father. No, duh. Uh, and Wakefield agreed to take her there, but instead takes her to a different location in Leeds and then claims that he has a meeting in Paris that they just simply cannot postpone, so we better get over there right now, and I'm going to send my brother off to find your dad. Don't worry. Um, And then they head to Paris, and at this point, the mistresses of the school are like, Uh Uh-oh. So wait a minute. Maybe that wasn't right. (laughs) (laughs) She's not back yet, and we haven't heard anything. Um, And so she mentions it to her parent ellen's parents and then they receive a letter from wakefield stating that he had married ellen uh and wakefield just like expected the turners to do the same thing as this last lady that he'd abducted and pay him her dowry and they're like yeah no we're not gonna do that (laughs) so um turner her dad goes to london and asks for help from the foreign secretary Learning that his daughter had been taken to the European mainland, Turner sent his brother there, accompanied by a police officer and a solicitor. There, they soon found the couple staying in a hotel. Wakefield claimed that since they were legally married, Ellen could not be taken from him by force. After interviewing the girl, the French authorities let her leave with her uncle. They're like, please go home. (laughs) Um, And they had Wakefield write a statement attesting that Ellen was still a virgin, which... I hope so, for her sake. Um, so anyway, there's a little bit more to the story, but just to keep it short. He this is, is
0: why you educate
1: women. I mean, <laughs> but 15. Jesus. Uh, so Edward and William Wakefield are actually both convicted of this crime and spent three years in jail. Nice. Three years. But oh, yeah. Oh,
0: well, right. But
1: then, (laughs) this motherfucker, okay, he lived until the ripe old age of 66, which was quite old then, this is Regency England, and went on to have what was considered to be a very long and distinguished career in politics. Oh, what? Discovered a passion for colonization, (laughs) basically leading the charge on European settlement of New Zealand, Um, and also in Canada and Australia. He had, I mean, he literally wrote the book on colonization. He wrote a book... I forgot to write it down, but it's called, like, Thoughts on Colonization. Um, the Art of Colonization.
0: Oh, God.
1: So disgusting. Ew. Um, and there's, like, a bunch of shit in New Zealand named after him.
0: Wait, what is his name?
1: His name is uh, Edward Wakefield. Wakefield? Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, and so, anyway... He, like, writes this book on colonization, and he's getting really famous, and then he has, like, a bunch of strokes. So he's like, I guess I'm going to retire. Because, <laughs> like, one one of the strokes was really bad, and they think had, like, a strong effect on his mental health, because he kind of started to not seem like himself after that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but then he went on to become a member of parliament oh, after yes, the strokes. yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. When yeah. your brain is not working right, fully,
0: that's the best. That's the, the best operation. time, yes.
1: right? Um, yes. yeah, no, so actually there's, like, now there's a lot of movements, like, in New Zealand to be, like, let's not, let's, like, take these statues of this yeah. terrible person down let's, like, and re- let's re- not have, yeah. yeah <laughs> um, and then poor Ellen, so they did get the marriage annulled, okay. and she went on to get married to a wealthy neighbor of hers, uh, at the age of 19, but she died in childbirth later Ugh, that year. dies in childbirth. Well, and literally, like, this motherfucker gets to live for, like...
0: And do a 36 bunch of more years shit. and yeah.
1: do a bunch of horrifying shit and get all the credit in the world for and it like he's so named great after him yeah and she just
0: just because anyway. he has a penis bullshit Fucking
1: anyway, bullshit. anyway Fucking so. patriarchy. <laughs> um anyway that's my deep dive with a side tangent um Super. that story no that's great yeah <laughs> Um, um, so that's it. That's. <laughs> is
0: that where Wickham and Lydia are headed? Yes, it is. In Pride and yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Just wanted to. <laughs> yep. That's it. Um, and they actually get married there. But then, you know. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Know, uh, Darcy's there with them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And their uncle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so Gretna Green's beautiful. It's lovely. You can no longer have a quickie wedding there. It, you now also <laughs> still have to wait 21 days. Oh, That's okay. like still a thing you have to like announce your right. intent to marry. and Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, I was like thinking about this. So that's like the ye old Las Vegas, right? And yeah. Like, yeah. I would say Las Vegas. Yeah. There's definitely pros and cons of like having that option, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was
1: very easy to um, take advantage of young ladies so yeah yeah but anyway overall loved the book highly uh recommend for people who are comfortable with this form of romance Mm -hmm. it it was a good time
0: all Um, right
1: cool great all righty oh should we say what we are reading this week so next week I am reading Bombshell by Sarah McLean. Ooh. I saw this recommended online by Emily Henry, who is the author of Beach Read and ah, People We Meet on Vacation.
0: Okay. Um, well, next week re- next week I am reading Because of Miss Bridgerton by Julia Quinn.
1: Oh! I, I haven't read any of them. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a good one, I think. Yeah. Cool. Well um this my one for next week is also historical okay although it's like a <laughs> tiny bit post-regency into like the 1830s when the sleeves were insane let me tell you <laughs> well, like that'll be the, a good yeah 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 all right well we'll see you guys next week see ya